Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Christian Millennials Chat. I am really excited about this one because it is heavy on my heart. Um, I believe that this is a topic that the church has truly shied away from. We don't talk about this a lot. Um, we are very, very quiet on this subject. And um, a lot of times I've been so grateful for the way that God made my DNA up. I am part African-American, part Nigerian. And as I get older and as I begin to understand certain things, I realize that the reason that the Lord did that is because there are certain things that when you understand African tradition, when you understand the Nigerian culture, when you understand the church system there, they understand what altars are. They understand what witchcraft is. They understand what the demonic is, what the occult is. And in America, we kind of gloss over it. We think a witch is somebody that wears a, a, a hat and a broomstick not realizing that there were witches among us every single day and we don't have the discernment to pick it up. And so the Lord has really been dealing with me on this topic for about two years now. Um, and I have never done a teaching or a podcast on it, but I feel in this year that I'm called and I'm assigned to make sure that the enemy is not tormenting God's people, that the enemy is not allowing us to be hijacked of our purpose. We're not being um, bamboozled by the schemes of the enemy, but we're able to understand why we can't get certain things. I was sharing this not too long ago. A lot of times in Christianity, we say, this is our year. We're going to see this. We're going to see that. Then year after year after year, we don't see those things. And it may be that there is an altar at play. There are people who are saying, God, I want to be married. And there's nobody in their bloodline that has ever been married. The women in their bloodline can't get married. There's an altar speaking for you. And because we don't teach about this in the church, there are many people who are like, well, what's wrong with me? Or am I not pretty? Or am I not intelligent? Or am I not anointing? And it has nothing to do with that, but everything to do with you've been covered by the enemy. And so because there is this covering that there's an altar that is speaking for your bloodline, now we're in trouble. And so I'm going to talk about it today. Um, and I'm not going to talk about it from my own opinion. I'm going to talk about it from the Bible. And so I pray that as I talk about this, that the spirit of the Lord would begin to reveal some things to you so you do not get caught in a cycle and so you don't get caught in the enemy's trap. And so we're going to go to um, Judges 6, 11 through 24. And many of us know the story, but God gave it to me in a different way this time. I'm like, okay, Lord, we're going to roll with this. And so it's the call of Gideon. And it says, now the angel of the Lord came and said under the term of at Oprah, which belonged to Joseph and at Abrite. Y'all know how these names go. While his son Gideon was beating out the wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. The Lord appeared to him and Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord was with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds our father recounted to us? And so now Gideon is in a place in the Israelites are in a place where the enemy is now triumphing over them. They are in turmoil. They are literally to the point where they're like, they don't see the hand of the Lord. They don't see um, God's grace. They're not experienced the goodness of the Lord, right? And so it says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in might. 
of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And so he's like, Lord, he's going to tell him, I'm the weakest. We're the smallest of my father's clan. I'm the least in my father's house. And I wanted to say this because God is getting ready to use people who they don't think can be used. And so something God had me put in his in my notes was God was calling Gideon to fight what frustrated him. And so he was frustrated that everything was going on in Israel. And so the Lord said, the very thing you're frustrated about, the very thing that you are annoyed about, the very thing that you're like, well, why doesn't anybody else see this? Or can't y'all see that this is wrong or that this isn't right or this isn't the will of God or that we're fighting something? God said, the reason that troubles you so much is because you're assigned to it. And your assignment is to dismantle the agenda of the enemy over it. And so it says he didn't think he was qualified to do the purpose of God. And that's many of us. Sometimes God will say, do something. I remember when the Lord told me I was going to speak to women and that I was going to help people and that he was calling me to help change this generation and to bring them back to him. I was like, God, that's a big assignment. Um, I don't know why you would call me. I don't really like speaking in front of people. I'm very shy by nature. I didn't understand why God was asking me to speak to women because if I'm being honest at that time, all the women that I was meeting, our relationships weren't the best. And I was just like, God, I feel like women hate me. Like, I, I don't know. I have a lot of guy friends at that time. And so I'd be like, God, I don't know why you're calling me to this. Um, I had just gone through a really, really bad breakup, lost my best friend, um, and was going through depression and was going through anxiety and really just I went through a lot of stuff in that season and God was telling me like you're going to do this and I'm going to call you and I'm like God I don't know how I have all of this stuff in my own life at that point there were so many things attached to my life and God began to teach me how to break them off and I didn't understand it at the time I didn't understand why God was showing me the altars that were erected in my family lineage God began to show me that there were certain things that were spoken over my family bloodline and he began to show me all of these different things and I'm like God I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it who am I who am I I'm the least of my family like God who am I why are you calling me why are you asking me to do this? God, I heard about the mighty women that were in my bloodline who prayed and who fasted and who were amazing. God, I don't understand why you're asking me. Help my generation. God, there are many women who I see who are qualified to do that. God, I don't feel like I'm qualified. Y'all are looking at a, a, a today's version of Gideon. I didn't feel like I was qualified, but he was calling me. And so... um. It talks about he was the weakest in his clan and he was um, led in it. He was the least in his father's house. Didn't make sense. Be like, God, I don't understand this. And so we presented the Bible talks about let's keep reading. It says, and the Lord turned to him and said, go in the might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not do I not send you. God spoke it over him, what he was to do. And God, that was the reassurance that he was called to it because God gave him um, his assignment. And if God gives you an assignment, it's because he knows you can complete it. And wh what you don't think that you have in you, you already have in you. And if you are a born again believer and you've said yes to God, you have the Holy Spirit who resides in you that qualifies you. You don't have to have the degree. It's nice to though. You don't have to have 
the finances. It's nice to though. You don't have to have the answers or the plan, but it's nice to have those things. But if you have God who guides you into all truth, if you have the one who created the universe, who be, who knows the beginning to the end and the end to the beginning, that's all you need to be able to go into what he wants you to. And so it says that the Lord gave him this plan. And it says, the Lord said to him, but I will be with you. You have a promise that God is going to go with you. Just as he did the children of Israel. He is in you. God with us, Emmanuel. And so it says, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Here we go again. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen this trend of people asking for confirmation to make sure that it's God sending them. And this is a sign to me that the Lord is letting us know it is okay to ask him, God, is this really you? God, are you really calling me? Are you really sending me? Because I don't want to make a mistake. And so a lot of us sometimes we're like, God, I don't really know. Please show me. And church has taught us sometimes that we can't ask God if it's really him. And I believe that this is dispelling that, that it is okay to ask God, okay, what do I do? How do I do it? Is this you? All right, God, if it is you, show me your will. And so um, my notes say he presented, and we'll get into this, a sacrifice. So let's go into that. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring you a present and set it before you. And so when he received the instruction of the Lord, he said, God, I want to present something to you. I want to give you a sacrifice. I want to show you that I believe that you're God and that I'm going to trust your instruction. I'm going to obey you on the instruction. And so it says Gideon went into his house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from the ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the terebinth. We don't we bring ourselves to God now as living sacrifices. We say, God, this body is your temple. This mouth is your mouthpiece. This eyes is what you will use, Lord God. Whatever I am, if you can have it all, God. There were many things in my life that I say to the Lord, you need use of it? Take it. Take it, God. I am not going to hold anything back from you. I don't reserve anything for my own personal use. God, you can have it. You can do whatever you want to do with it, how you want to do it. And so um, as we go on, it says, and the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and put them on this rock and pour the broth over them. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out to the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. God accepted his um, offering. It says, and the angel of the Lord vanished from the sight. And then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And Gideon said, at last, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar to the Lord and he called it the place of peace. To this day, it still stands, which belongs to the Aborites. And so what the Lord began to say to me is God visited him personally. And there are many of you who God is going to visit you in this year and has already visited you in this year to let you know that it is really him, that he is speaking to you. But the other thing that God is going to begin to ask you is to build him an altar. And next year, next year, next week, we are going to get into what it means to tear down altars. But this week, we're going to talk about what it means to build God an altar. And so it says a place where God can appear and can commune where you can lay a sacrifice where have you made an altar 
Every believer has to have an altar. An altar is a place where you say, God, come down here and commune with me. This is the place where I'm allowing you to speak and God, I want to speak back to you. I'm allowing you to come into this altar and this is the place where I'm going to worship you. This is the place where I'm going to bring my sacrifice. This is the place that I'm going to lay myself down before you. And so anytime that you see God, anytime that you see, let me rephrase that. Anytime you see mighty men in the Bible that saw God, that experienced God, they built him an altar. That was the place where he was able to dwell. And so can it be that sometimes you don't hear the voice of God or you don't see the voice of God because you haven't built an altar? I think a lot of times in Christendom, we think that the altar is just at the church. And the altar isn't just at the church. You can make your home an altar. You can make your car an altar. You can make your living room an altar. You can make your bedroom an altar. You can make your prayer closet an altar. Many people laugh and joke. We have this running joke within my friend circle and those who know me. They would always say, Alice, your car is like an altar. Matter of fact, my car is an altar because I worship and I pray a lot in my car, especially when um, I was back home. I would pray a lot in there. And so many people would come into that car and they'd say, it feels different. There's something different about this place. Why? Because it was a place that God could dwell. And so some of you, you need to make your you need to make in this year a decision to allow God to dwell in your place and say, God, you can dwell in this room. God, you can dwell in this house. You can dwell in me. Make your make yourself an altar. God, I give you permission, full access. We're going to commune daily. And says the same night the Lord spoke again. His process was instant. So to all these believers that are always like, God can't change a man in a day. The devil is a liar. God can do whatever he wants to do. It says he was changed. He saw the face of God. And this makes me believe that you cannot encounter God. You cannot see the face of God. You cannot have an experience of God and your life remain the same. All of these believers that are like, oh, well, it's going to take these people many, 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 many years. That's the process of deliverance. But there's no, there's no way that you meet God. And you're not changed. You don't experience something different. And so it says Gideon made himself responsive and God guided him. Are you willing to say, here I am, Lord. Take all of me. Do whatever you want to do. How you want to do it, Lord. Because I'm yours. And so this week, my assignment was to make sure that we are building up an altar to God. But next week, what I'm going to do is teach you how to tear down the altars that were erected in your family lineage. Many of us are not at full potential because there are um, covenants that people in our bloodlines made. And I know a lot of people don't teach on this stuff, but I'm telling you, you can either live under the curse or you can live under the blessing. And some of us have not taken up our inheritance in the kingdom when we said yes to Jesus so that we aren't living under the curse. This year, we're going to live under the blessing of God. We're going to experience the blessing of God. We're going to live in the blessing of the Lord. And how we do that is by making sure that we understand what God is saying to us and what he wants us to do. And so I pray I pray that you were blessed by this. I pray that you heard God. I'm not trying to do long podcast episodes. Sometime it will happen. 
Um, I believe that our special guests who will be coming on those episodes will be long. They may be an hour or so. Um, but get ready for them, prepare for them because they're getting ready to usher us into an amazing, amazing teaching. Um, God is getting ready to speak on this podcast um, heavy. Y'all, he has been preparing us. Um, he's been tearing things down, uprooting things from us, putting things into us um, so that he can get us ready. Because I'm telling you, expansion is our promise for this year, but he can't expand those. Um, I did some. I did an interview the other day and I was sharing with them, God can't put um, new wine into old wineskins. You already have a formality. You already have a way of doing things. You already have a look to things. God wants to put new wine into new wineskins. Why? Because he can shape and he can mold that. He can utilize that the way he wants to. And so this year, we're going to be intentional about making sure that we do things the way that God wants us to do them so that he's pleased and so that he can gain the glory out of it all. So I love you guys. I am always praying for you. Please make sure that you share this. Please, if you haven't, go rate this podcast. Leave me a comment on whatever platform you're watching. Help us get this podcast to the world. If you are on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share this because I want to make sure this year, this is not about me. I don't care about Atlas. I don't care about my name being out there. I want to make sure that people are getting the real authentic teaching of God. And so that's my assignment this year is to teach what God has shown me in the years that have helped me. So I pray that again, you guys have enjoyed this and that the Lord would speak to you and that this would confirm some things for you so that you're able to obtain all that God has for you. Until next week, God bless you all. And just like that, we're done.